1: Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne covering all things Magic Basketball. by fans for fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the six man show. Today is May 30th, 2022. It is Memorial Day. First of all, we just want to say a big thank you to those who are currently serving in the military, those of you that have served. But today is a day to remember those who served and lost their lives in uniform. Uh, We just thank you uh, for your service and your sacrifice. We thank you to uh, the families that are affected by that. Our thoughts and prayers are with you today. Um, Yes, it's a day that everybody has the day off and everybody barbecues, but it is important today that we remember those who made the ultimate sacrifice so that we continue to have the freedoms that we have. That being
2: said, Luke, what is going on, bro? How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm going to just kind of give the countdown nobody asked for uh, in about not this week, but next week. I'm going to be moving. Me and my family will be moving to Central Florida. Lauren and Harper will be flying. I will be driving alongside uh, my father-in-law, who will be driving the U-Haul. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, um, because I don't (laughs) want to do that. Um, But shout out to him. Shout out Gary. Okay. Um, But yes, this is uh, that is kind of the countdown nobody asked for, Jonathan. Well, the countdown that people do care about. Uh, as
1: we record this, we are 24 days, 22 hours, 54 minutes, and 13 seconds away from the NBA draft. Luke, uh, yeah, how are you? Uh, how you doing? How you feeling about the draft?
2: I want to ask you: Are you still uh, you still Jabari? I know you've been Jabari. Is that still the same as of yeah. late? Yep, uh, about yeah. a week now. Mm-hmm.
1: This is and this is what I want to say. I, I tweeted this out, but I like the idea of Jabari. Like I like okay. what he brings already and I like the idea like if that guy can evolve as a playmaker and as a shot creator, yeah. like just the way that he fits. But what I tweeted out is you take Jabari if you are comfortable and confident in the fact that he is going to evolve as a playmaker and shot creator. If not, then you take Chet if you're not concerned about like the durability and stuff like that given his frame. And if you're concerned about all of that, then you take Paolo because to me he's like the safest most pure like just the safest bet yeah. right I, and i'm okay and I, with any of that
2: yeah i'd say i'm cool with the top three but what i will say jonathan we, we we continue to call this a three-man race you know we obviously you guys know who's on this episode as our guest we spoke with david Steele. i mentioned it's a kind of a, a three-horse race yet again but i'm i'm starting i, I am hearing a little more palo love lately but I did pull up the odds on, uh, you know, per Vegas dot com. And it, as of yesterday, Jabari minus 200 to go be the number one Ooh. pick uh, Chet Holmgren plus plus one ninety, and then Paolo Bancaro plus twelve hundred. So, whoa, it is. It, they think it's starting to become a little bit of a two, a two horse race instead. So they think Paolo doesn't have a chance in hell. Yeah no they don't and shaden sharp is fourth best odds with plus 5000 so it's uh it's getting spicy i think people are and maybe and Jabari is
1: even more of the themselves. favorite now he was like minus 150 he, 135 he something one, like that yeah
2: yeah he had been kind of one minus 130 at the to really open the odds and now he's slowly creeping up chat plus 190 which isn't terrible odds either so i really uh, I, I have to think it, it's it's a Jabari Chet race right now, and we'll see what the odds continue to do. I kind of like those odds for Paolo. I mean, if if yeah, I'm a betting great. man, throwing, which, which I am, I mean. Yeah.
1: Hey, I, was it was it T-Pain or was it TI that said it ain't tricking if you got it? Maybe that was Luda. I don't remember. It ain't tricking <laughs> if you got it, you know what I mean? So you want to throw a little lettuce Y'all are going to hear me type, lettuce you know, I don't down.
2: care. It ain't tricking if you got it. Uh, let's see. I, I know it was one Mullage? of those three.
1: What? That ain't right. It was a yeah. like a bar in one of their songs. It ain't tricking if you got Mullage it. I'm or pretty dirty sure it was Luda. South
2: hip hop, blah blah. I don't know, man. Type Somebody... in
1: it ain't tricking if
2: you got it. Ludacris. Oh, okay, all right. Luda, right now, Luda, let's see. It ain't um, tricking if you got it. I'm telling you. Okay, Luda said it's it. from What Them Girls Like. There we go. Um, and it, it ain't tricking if you got it. He said it like that. It's a triple black card. It ain't tricking if. That's you right, got baby. All, you right. all right, thank you. So, thank you very much. There.
1: No, it's all right. Anyways, uh, this is a episode brought to you by Rap Genius. No, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> or is it's lyric genius? Now they don't even. It's not even like right. Rap Genius. They do it all now. Mm-hmm. Anyways, like Luke alluded to, uh, we were joined by Magic Hall of Famer David Steele, who has been with the team since 1989. The man who has seen it all. We talked about the NBA draft lottery, the upcoming draft, just kind of his history with the Magic and everything like that. That was like. That was a bucket list guest for us. Like that was a dream guest to have David Steele on the podcast.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's been you know kind of whether email tag, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. So we doing that here for a couple years, really. I know it's you know David obviously someone that you've wanted to have on the show since probably the show began. You know, three Hurricane years. Hurricane Irma got in the way,
1: is what happened. We had plans to get mm-hmm. him on a couple of years ago, and then mm-hmm. uh, and then Hurricane Irma came through and kind of put the kibosh on that. So. Well, you know, we finally got. Him. ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Was it Hurricane Irma? I don't know. It was, it was. whatever Hurricane. The one I, that, that's the whatever one Hurricane about. went through. Uh, yes, you know, was supposed to hit Orlando. Yeah, it came through Gainesville
2: when I was in, at Florida. So yeah, it was it was Irma.
1: Was that twenty nineteen though? Were you still at Florida then? I don't know. That's I'm what I'm saying. Further. I feel like my timing might be off. I think it was. It might have been a different
2: hurricane, but it was a hurricane. A hurricane How many people do you through. think have already fast-forwarded Jonathan and they're already listening to the David Steele interview? They're not even a yeah, good that That's talking. a good point.
1: Let's get to patron. We can talk about our Patreons, talk about all of our new wonderful patrons. Uh, these are the folks that help us financially support the show. If you would like to join these folks in doing that, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six-man show. We go ahead and we shout out all of our brand-new patrons first. And then we're gonna shout out all of our patrons. So shout out to Migzors, my guy who runs the Orlando Magic subreddit, Uh, Justin Herring, Dylan Holden, Mister Mikey, and now uh, what I am going to do. And we might have we did we shout out Eli? I don't know if we shouted out Eli on the last one. Shout him out again. We're shouting out Eli again. You get you get two just because I forgot if I did or not. But Luke told me last week he wants me to try to get through all of these. We now have 34 patrons, which is amazing. Thank you guys so much. Shout out. He wants me to try to get through this list without mm. taking a breath. So that's what I'm gonna try to do now. I don't. Even, I drank all my water with David. The content Steele. they ask
2: for it right. makes it harder. Do it. Okay.
1: Shout out, Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Keith Garcia, Zico, Carson Tulo, Nathan Lynn, Ellis, Jonathan Borges, Norm L, Magic Player History, Julio Bailey, Matt Lyman, Eric Segovia, Gabe Gaines, Bo Outlaw Fan, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, Franz show Ryan Singh, Blake Bickerstaff, The Distract, Your Boy, Dave J, Eric Randall, Pierre A, Wally Akbar, Eli, Migzors, Justin Herring, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey.
2: They got there.
1: I might not get to 35. I might not get to 35. Oh, I don't we'll, know. We'll
2: check in. I think maybe met- next benchmark we check is 40 to 45 patrons, so we'll see. I'm
1: definitely not hitting that, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll try that again once we get around, like you said, 40, 45. Uh, with no further ado, we are going to get to the interview with David Steele.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: All right, Orlando Magic fans, we are here with the man of the hour, play-by-play announcer for the Orlando Magic, David Steele. David, thank you for joining the show. How are you?
4: I'm well. How are you guys tonight?
1: Doing, doing all right. We're really excited to have you on the show. I know we've we've tried to do this a couple of times in the past, but uh, really, really excited to to finally have David Steele on the podcast.
4: I appreciate it. Uh, you know, I know things are hectic during the season, and uh... We had the, the COVID situation to deal with and mm. uh, travel, and but here we are. We got plenty of time now, right?
1: Right. Absolutely. How's your off season so far? What have you been up to?
4: Very good. Uh, my wife and I do a lot of traveling. We have, uh, we have seven grandkids and only three of them are here in Orlando. Our daughter is um, literally six houses from us here in Orlando. So she has three little boys. So we see them a lot, obviously. And uh, we've got a son uh, who's an NBA scout, by the way, in Atlanta, and uh, he's got two boys. And uh, so we we've been up there to see them and celebrate a sixth birthday with the youngest. And we have a daughter who is a school teacher in East Tennessee, right outside of Knoxville, and she's got two girls. So we have seven total: three here, two and two, in Georgia and Tennessee. So uh, the off seasons are uh, are a time for us to get you know get connected to our our family and other parts of the country and do a little more travel and spend some time at, uh, uh, we have a cabin up in North Carolina that we spend some time in as well. So, uh, we stay busy enough. It's uh, it's good times. The off seasons are, are are a lot of fun for us.
1: Well, especially, you know, the hard work that you put in through the season, all the travel that you do, you know, during the regular season and not being home, you definitely deserve it, especially after a season like we just had, you know, you see the magic win 22 games but we were lucky enough to come out with the number one overall pick in the draft. David, just kind of walk us through, you know, do you, do you watch the lottery or you just kind of wait to see what happened, you know, wait to hear what happens after the fact. And kind of what was your reaction to hearing that the magic got the first pick?
4: Oh, no, I, you know, I couldn't resist not watching. I, you know, you have to watch. I mean, you know, your, uh, your, your, your future depends on largely on what happens on that night and the draft night. So, yeah, I was watching. We were on the road. We were at our cabin in North Carolina, and uh, we're with my brother actually, who was visiting from California and his wife. So yeah, we were locked into it, and uh, just like you guys, I know you had a big party and had a huge crowd downtown Orlando and had a great reaction. I saw I saw some of that video. That was spectacular. Um, our our setting was much more subdued than yours, <laughs> but uh, but still, uh, I was very excited. Uh, you know, when it came down to. The final 3 and, and you know you're going to be one of the final 3 I thought well that we, that's a win right there that's a big time win because clearly you know the strap looks like uh, the three really really top notch players right at the top of it so I felt really good at that point and then you get past number 2 and you realize you're the you got the number 1 pick um pretty exciting to be able to control your destiny you know you you hold that card and that's a big deal because teams have to come to you everything starts uh, with what you do, and uh, you've got all kinds of possibilities. Do you keep it? Uh, will, a trade, will a team uh, fall in love with a guy so much that they might you know, uh, sell the ranch, so to speak, to get that number one pick? So, all of those things are possible now when you hold that card. So, pretty exciting stuff. I, I'm pumped. And, you know, it's great to see our franchise back in the public eye, too. You know, yeah. we, we've been sort of invisible for too many years now, and it's too great of a franchise, too colorful of a history. Um, and I think a lot of young fans don't understand the history of of Magic basketball and, you know, what it's been in the past. So I'm anxious to see this franchise get back to those glory days again. And I think this is a big
2: step. And, David, I want to ask you about as far as, you know, obviously been with Orlando since 89. you You have seen a lot in Orlando transpire. As far as you know, that moment for you, um, you know, to watch the the lottery like the rest of us and see the magic get the number one pick, um, do those moments do they do they are they still as sweet as as they were? And and kind of what's your your take on on that night as a whole in terms of just emotional level compared to in years past? Whether it was you know obviously in different c- different circumstances, whether it be you know making it to the championship or you know to the finals or you know getting that number one pick.
4: Lottery no question that you know that that's a different this is you know there's still a lot of uncertainty just because you have the pick doesn't mean that you've you know you've, you've hit a home run and there's a player there that's going to be a potential mm-hmm. all-star or hall of fame player um i will say in 1992 um i was in our, our winter park home at the time and watching that lottery and as soon as you got the number one pick in, in that draft you knew everything was going to change i mean the, the whole thing was going to be thrown uh, uh, upside down, that we were on the map with Shaquille O'Neal. He played three years at LSU. He was clearly a uh, franchise player. Uh, obviously, was uh, going to be a multiple-time All-Star unless an injury occurred, which obviously did not. And he had a tremendous career for something like 18 or 19 years. So in that draft, we knew that we had, when you got the number one pick, the lottery, that was it. You had Shaq. That was going to be a game-changer for the franchise and, and a franchise on the map. Uh, with uh, the next year, uh, a lot less certainty as far as you know what a player at number one could do for you, and um, that was one of the great trades of all time, in my opinion. Trading uh, down from one to three and getting Penny Hardaway for Chris Weber and multiple first-round picks, uh, one of whom wound up being the 2000 uh, first-round pick, which was Mike Miller, who was um, you know that that's you know another player that you got in the Penny Hardaway trade. Penny was the perfect fit with Shaq, so. You know, but at the time on lottery night, you didn't know how significant that was going to be. And then in two thousand and four, the other time we had the number one pick, there was no clear cut number one. In fact, the consensus, if you guys remember, was that Emeka Okafor was the guy that you had to take. He was the guy. He played at UConn. He was All American college player of the year. Um, most people didn't know about Dwight Howard. Um, you know, he was a, a gamble, so to speak, but. Uh, front office got it right there and uh, give otis smith and and uh, dave towards a lot of credit for taking dwight howard with the number one pick in 2004 so here we are again and you know if we can come anywhere near uh, uh to what we've done the, the, the three previous times if we can if we can get it right this time then we're on our way we'll be back on the map again
1: david you mentioned you know penny hardaway in that 93 draft and you talk about magic fans especially you know younger magic fans not really remembering the history of the magic but a lot of people forget that penny hardaway made first team all nba in his second season which today is just unheard of that's just how good penny hardaway was david i wanted to ask you did you did you let out a nice he drills it for mosley when when he got the number 1 pick <laughs>
4: No, I didn't let him. Uh, he drills it out there. I don't think so. I might have, but I, if, if there was a recording of it, I, I don't know what I said. I don't think it was he drills it, but uh, I was really happy for, for Jamal and the organization. Um and Jamal's such a great guy. He represents the franchise in such a class manner, but uh, I was happy for him, but I, I don't think I uttered he <laughs> drills it for this one.
1: I figured as much, but we didn't get to hear it as much this season. And it's been, you know, roughly like a month True. and a half since we had any Magic basketball. So I just wanted to hear it from you one time. Oh, there <laughs> you go. As we look at this draft, this upcoming draft on, on June 23rd. And no, it's definitely not the draft of you know Shaquille O'Neal, where it's a clear number one at the top. But it's almost a consensus that it's a, a top three. Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith Jr. And, and Paolo Bancaro. Do any of those you know prospects stick out to you? Uh, You know, David, and which of those three do you think might be the best fit for the Magic or the best option for the Magic at number one?
4: You know, I'm not sure that I can answer that um, uh, really truthfully, because I I don't really know which one. I mean, they're all 19 years old. I I like all three of those guys. And I don't think anybody, to be honest, knows. I mean, I'm sure there are front offices, including ours are going to narrow it down and, and our guys are going to know who they want. Hopefully they fall in love with one of those three guys, but you know, there's so much more to it um, than, than just, you know, I watched the college games. I I, I I did watch all three of those guys with the anticipation that, you know, we were likely to get a high pick again and might even get a top three pick, which we did. So I, I, I am familiar with all three of their games. And I think that all three, their skill sets will fit beautifully with, what the magic need, and you know, the magic need shot making. They need playmaking. Um, continuing to need size and the ability to guard multiple positions. I think that's critical in today's NBA. And I think all of those guys can give Orlando what they need. It, it, it's going to be a big addition to the franchise, no matter which one they take. And you know, I don't think anybody can honestly say which one of those is going to emerge. Five or ten years from now, as the best, I just hope we get that guy.
2: I think the, the the big thing is, David, when it comes to this. I mean, it's been so long, really, since there's been like a, a, a kind of a, a just a, a race in that top three. You know, it's really usually you can kind of narrow it down between between two players, whether you know it's a Lamelo Ball or Anthony Edwards. Those sort of situations come about way more often, and it just feels like you could really hit a solid hit with. Either any one of those guys, like you said, they've got stuff they can bring. I think the big thing when that comes into question, David, is as far as the current construction of the roster, do you think that the guy is in Orlando on that roster already? Um, Or do you think that's a piece that needs to be added in free agency or in this draft? Like, I guess what's kind of your take on that, David? Yeah.
4: No, that's a good question. I I, I think it's too early to tell. Mm. I think it's possible. And yeah. uh, at least I can honestly say that I think it's possible because I saw enough out of Franz Wagner, Wendell Carter Jr., um, even Jalen Suggs. I think it's way too early to, to make any proclamations about how good of an NBA player Jalen is going to be. So I think those three guys, I think if, if Jonathan Isaac can not come back from injury, then uh, if he can get anywhere near where he was, um, he demonstrated uh, unbelievable um, basketball knowledge, um, savvy athleticism mm-hmm. in that brief stint in August in the bubble. I mean, he he blew us away with his his play and then he got hurt again. So whether you know, that that's a that's a big part. If he can come back, whether or not that happens, he's still young enough. And I wouldn't write him off. Um, you know, he's a determined young man. And so yeah, I think we have have guys that have the potential still to be one of those kinds of guys i don't know what the ceiling is for franz wagner because in my opinion he he checks all the boxes he can do everything um he, he could even be your and he was at times this past year your lead guard um at mm-hmm. six foot ten um he's that versatile of a player outside shot terrific ball handling his decision making um he's very mature as, as a young player has good athletic and defensive instincts and great length. So um, he's 20 years old, Um, you know, these guys are just so young and they have so much potential and they all like to work at the game of basketball. That's what really gets you excited about it. These are good guys. They're people that you want to be around and that want to work hard. And uh, so we could have a guy there already and we're going to add another guy to the mix that has potential uh, all-star level potential in the draft in a couple of weeks.
1: David, you mentioned Jonathan Isaac, who you deemed the, the minister of defense, which is just a fantastic nickname, by the way. What goes yeah. into that? Was that something that you just like came up with on the flyer? Was that that was premeditated a little bit? What went into that?
4: Yeah, I, I had thought about that. Just, uh, you know, I, I had thought about, you know, Jonathan, obviously off the court. He, he is an ordained minister um and so it's the perfect fit he's he's the defensive menace he's uh potentially uh, a defensive player of the year in the nba he's an ordained minister off the court so i mean it was it was just the perfect fit i was just waiting for the right time to drop it in and um yeah it's just, it's just one of those that sort of uh it, it sort of sold itself it was right there the human torch was a little different but um but that that one was a pretty good one as well that Uh, we came up with as a broadcasting team um, with Terrence Ross. But uh, yeah, the minister of defense said, I hope we get him back. Hope hope we're able to to, to use that uh, much more often than we have the last couple
2: of years. You said, David, you know, that was kind of a team effort, the Human Torch. There's another thing that I wanted to just get your take on and your story, I guess, behind it, and see if this was also a team effort or if this was something that you brought to people. Uh, very famously, become known as "Is This Anything?" Um, and so, I wanted to ask you: Is that how did that come about for your, for the team, uh, for you guys? How did that get presented? I guess.
4: Well, it was. Um, I guess it's been five years. I think we've done five years of "Is This Anything?" It's four or five. I've, I've actually hadn't thought about it since the season ended, but, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of years, but whatever, four or five years ago, we were in our preseason production meeting and we being, uh, me and Jeff, uh, Turner, Dante Marcatelli, our producer, Ty Eastham, um, just going through, you know, brainstorming ideas for the season, uh, feature material, uh, you know, just, just kind of, uh, what direction we wanted to take during the year and, we realized it was uh, it was one of the seasons uh, before Steve Clifford arrived, where we anticipated another long year. You know, with not, with not a lot of wins. Mm-hmm. So, trying to come up with with material that would be entertaining for fans and would be fun for us. And um, uh, I've got this thing where I I, I look at all this data. I, I I do a lot of research before broadcast. Every broadcast. And, uh, you know, I just I pointed out that I'm always coming up with something at our production. We have a production meeting before every game. And it seems like every game I've got something that I would throw out and say, I don't know if this is anything, but, you know, here's what I've discovered. And then, you know, they'll either laugh at me or say, oh, no, that's good. We'll use that as a graphic or whatever. So I said, why don't we just, you know, put that uh, would we'll call it is this anything and we'll just throw it out there. And then you guys, you know, whatever. You know, Jeff can say, I don't know if it's anything or, and then Ty, the producer comes up with the bell from the truck. And he, he, so he comes up with the idea on, you know, throw it to the truck and let an anonymous faceless, you know, um, villain either (laughs) give a thumbs up or thumbs down. So, uh, it was, you know, it was a combination of the kind of season we felt like we were going to have, um, looking to have a little fun amongst ourselves and something the fans might also enjoy. And, uh, and then it was a collaborative on how to execute it. So it's, you know, it's, it's crazy. I mean, you know, I've been a broadcaster for a long time and uh, you wouldn't believe almost every arena we go in and Jeff and I'll be walking around the, the uh, concourse or walking in or out of the building and, or walking, uh, you know, going to lunch or dinner before the game or breakfast in the morning of the game. And inevitably there is a fan that will recognize us and, Shout out! Hey, is this anything? <laughs> so we get this all, all right. the time, and uh, fans, uh, fans, even other fans, and other broadcasters mm. that uh, that work NBA games. Um, a number of them have told me that they they really enjoy that. That they flip on our games early in the second quarter just to see what we've come up with. And um, so yeah, it's uh, it's kind of taken a life of its own. I've created a monster. I don't know how to get rid of it now. So I, guess I, I, I want gotta to keep doing
2: it. I want to shout out, and then Jonathan, uh, you can ask yeah. there. But. I want to shout out uh, Evan Dunlap who formerly uh, wrote for the Orlando pinstripe post. I believe it was him. And if it wasn't, he's getting a heck of a shout out, I guess, but he tracks, is this anything it is, that, that all is year? He, he tracks the, which ones get bells. He tracks, which one get, get X's. And he he has a thread on Twitter that is miles long of just every, every single, is this anything from the season? He did it all year. Uh, it's pretty impressive.
4: You know, I, uh, you know, I know, I know that I know. Evan. <laughs> And I I, re, I remember him as uh, covering the Magic. I think his uh, third quarter collapse was his first um, first effort covering Magic mm-hmm. basketball. He, he's a terrific young guy, very bright. Um, and and I follow that. I mean, I'll go back if I can't remember whether it was a bell or a buzzer. <laughs> then I'll go to Evan's Twitter Twitter um, feed and, and 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 you know, and it refreshes my memory as to whether whether it was thumbs up or thumbs down. He does he does an unbelievable job of that?
1: Definitely, he certainly does. David, I'm so glad that you brought up, you know, opposing fans and opposing broadcasters. Because I just wanted to bring up the fact that I'm not sure if you're aware of this. I, I'm sure you don't, you know, browse the Orlando Magic subreddit very often, but <laughs> we are always yeah. getting fans from other teams when they're watching their team play the Magic on League Pass. And if they hear your and Jess broadcast, they always come to the Reddit. And comment on how fantastic you guys are and it's I think it's almost like universally accept that that you two are one of the best broadcast teams in the league I wanted to ask ha- have you heard that do you know how much fans appreciate you and Jeff and what you guys do on a nightly basis and what do you think it is about the broadcast that really people love so much
4: well, I don't know. I'm sure that you have, you know, it's a subjective thing. I'm sure you have people that think we're, 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 we're really good. And I'm sure there are fans that, that don't like that style they, they, They're that wrong. they're wrong. I mean, that's just the nature of the game. I, I know you guys are all in on it, but <laughs> uh, believe me, I'm sure it's not universal. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's very flattering. I'm, that's good to know. I, I have not been on the magic sub. What do you call it? The subterranean. <laughs> the, sub-reddit, uh, sub-reddit, uh, the subterranean. The subterranean. Thermite uh, feed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I haven't been on that. But but I, I don't know. You know, I, the thing, uh, thing about our broadcast is, and I know all the other broadcasters, and they're, they're all pros and, and great guys. And and a lot of talented broadcasters throughout the NBA. Very very strong field of broadcasters. So that's a real compliment. Um, but I think that what we do have, and uh, I'm not sure that every broadcast team has the uh, the camaraderie and the genuine um, love and friendship that that we share as a as a group. I mean, we are really a close, tight knit group, and I think that comes across on the air. We talk about basketball all the time. We talk about our families. I mean, we know each other um, so very well. We're on a, a text thread. Dante, Jeff, uh, me, Ty, uh, George Galante. Um, we, 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 we text all the time. I mean, the, the NBA playoffs, I mean, every playoff game, we're, we're batting stuff back and forth. Um, mm-hmm. Jeff and I still have coffee in the offseason. We get together once um, every week or two just sit down for an hour or two and catch up on, on, you know, what's going on in our lives. And so I think, I think that is what comes across just that we're real comfortable with each other. Uh, We we work hard, we study, um, we do our homework. We like to present um, a fair presentation for both teams, you know, and give fans an idea of, you know, the other team too, because, you know, it's more than just your team out there. There's other, there's another factor. You can do everything right sometimes and not win a game. You got to tip your hat sometimes to the other guys. So um, we try not to kill the referees. Um, You know, we try to take it easy on the officials because we understand they're just trying to do the best job they can do too. So, um, you know, that's just kind of how we approach it. Um, We try to do it professionally. Um, We get along great with each other. We have a great rapport on and off camera. So I think all of that comes through.
1: I think that is what is part of it is that you both are so fair to both teams. Yeah. Cuz unfortunately you don't get that on every broadcast. Like yep. I hate watching the Magic play the Celtics on League Pass. <laughs> I'm not going to name any names but David, we love you and you are much more unbiased and fair than that broadcast. I, well, here's, and I, here's yeah. the thing
4: though Jonathan, uh, I can tell you this though and Luke, uh, I, I don't know if you guys would agree but don't you do you not know fans who who really like the the extreme homerism I mean, mm-hmm. of their of their broadcasters. Oh,
1: that's so, us. That's us. Yeah, <laughs> we're
4: the, the, the extreme homers, right? But in their announcers, right. So right? What I'm what I'm saying is there there have to be Magic fans who don't think we go far enough with mm-hmm. the homerism. So you know, I, I, I appreciate yeah. that you guys, you guys, but you have to pick a style, mm-hmm. and you are who you are as a broadcaster, right. and you know that's that's pretty much who we are. I mean, you know, you it's very difficult to fake. Um, a persona, 82 nights of a season, you know, you're on, it's, it's live, it's unscripted. And so your personality and who you are comes across and and it's very, very difficult to fake that. So, you know, there are people I'm sure who watch magic games who are magic fans that would like to see us be, you know, more over the top, but that's just not who we are. That's
2: not the style that we have. Yep. And, and being, you know, in, in Nebraska right now, David, uh, as I've been since 2019, my family, I, I see a bunch of different broadcasts, right. I'm, you know, even locally here, I get even like just games. I'll just, you know, turn on, you know, Valley sports here and it's, you know, Pelicans, Thunder, those sorts of teams out here in the Midwest. Um, And yeah, I'd I'd have to agree with you. Everybody's kind of got their style and you can very much tell, you know, 10 minutes into a broadcast the style of those of those broadcasters every single time. Um, I wanted to ask you, David. Here, um, you've you've been. We've talked, you know, that you've been through obviously the rebuilds, all that sort of thing. More importantly, David, you were here for the build. You know, the build itself. And so, I I want to ask you, kind of the. Your journey, I guess, so far, obviously, we're, we, we don't want to take too much time here from you, uh, but, but just starting out with the organization and kind of the growth you've seen with the organization, can you kind of speak to that a little bit?
4: Oh, sure. I, I could probably speak a lot to it. Um, <laughs> to take you back to uh, 1988 when um, Pat Williams reached out to me to consider leaving the University of Florida as their play-by-play announcer on radio. join the magic and uh, you know obviously it was a was a brand new product a brand new franchise and um, that was a huge decision to make as a professional i was still uh, in my mid-30s and had only been at florida for seven seasons and uh, as you guys know mick hubert replaced me and he just retired after 33 years so i've been Mm -hmm. here 33 years he was at florida for 33 years when you get one of those jobs you know you don't leave People don't leave those jobs very often, so that was a big decision to make. And uh, so we made the decision as a family, very prayerfully, and um, did the right thing. Uh, as it turns out, for sure for our family and our kids. And um, but yeah, to watch that thing start—the uh, the energy, the enthusiasm—in 1988, 89. Um, I know you—you you know you guys—you may not even have been born. Oh, you guys might not have been around. So uh, but you, it, it was just off the charts. I mean, the, the entire Central Florida community was behind the team, and um, everybody was was in on it. The first preseason game against Detroit was, it still reverberates in my memory as just how spectacular the crowd was and how excited everybody was. And it was a meaningless preseason game against the defending NBA champions. and um, it turned out to be a win. And, um, you know, I'll never forget Chuck Daly putting his starters back in the game, Isaiah Thomas and Lane Beer and Dumars with about three or four minutes to go to try and, you know, and, and hold off the magic just because the competitive juices were flowing. It was a sellout crowd. So, yeah, from the very beginning, uh, this franchise has been loved by this community. And, uh, you know, when, when you have a really good team uh, in this Central Florida community. Fans are going to—they're going to just go nuts. I mean, we've seen it every time in the beginning, when the team was great with Shaq and Penny. Um, even through the T-Mac and and Grant Hill years, we had great, tremendous crowds. Um, Dwight Howard, uh, the Heart and Hustle team had great support. So, just have to put a good product out there, and uh, and, and and we've done that uh, over time. And when that happens, uh, the community is is on fire about the basketball team.
1: David, you mentioned, you know, leaving, you know, the university of Florida for the Orlando magic job. (laughs) Kevin's going to love that. (laughs) Luke here is a, is a UF alum and and our producer, Kevin is a huge FSU fan. So Mm -hmm. I just try to mediate as best I can between the two of them. But back to my question, uh, you mentioned leaving UF for Orlando, and you said you did so prayerfully. Um, but what kind of went into that decision to leave UF? And now you've been with the Magic for 33 years. What is it has, that has kept you in Orlando for 33 years? So I'm sure you've had offers to go
4: elsewhere. Well, what what uh, I think the deciding factors were people I talked to uh, in the profession. I had some good friends that were that I respected in broadcasting. Uh, Pete Van Waren is one. Um, You may not even know who he is. He was the Atlanta Braves play-by-play announcer with uh, Skip Carey and Ernie Johnson Sr. back in those days. And um, he was a good friend. Dave, uh, uh, Bob Neal, Dave Neal's father, Dave is an SEC broadcaster. His father, Bob Neal, was a good friend and uh, was a a prominent TNT uh, announcer at the time. And I reached out to those guys, and one of the, they both said the same thing. They said, if, if you're going to take a job in professional sports as a broadcaster for a team, then you better be really careful about who the people are that own the team and run the team and who are going to be your bosses, who, who, who are the people that are the decision makers that set the culture for the, for the franchise because there are some really bad professional sports organizations. So be careful with the organization. And I felt really good about Pat Williams. I felt good about Orlando. I felt good about um, the future of professional sports in a booming central Florida. And uh, I don't know, again, it it just felt right. So, um, and and the move has been great. You know, our kids uh, have thrived. Um, We've been uh, just really blessed with great friends and great memories. And I know, you know, if we'd stayed in Gainesville, I'm sure it would have been, you know, been awesome as well. The Gators have done pretty well in that 33 year stretch. How many (laughs) championships did Mick broadcast? I think five or six, right?
2: Yes. Yeah. A ton. A ton. And a lot of, a lot of, oh my's along the way. I love Mick. Yeah. A ton. Me too. Um, But, um, but
4: yeah, it's, it's worked out great for me. It worked out great for Mick. And, uh, you know, I'm happy for him and his retirement too. He's a good friend.
2: Yeah, and then kind of before David wasn't it uh, Otis Boggs as, as well yes. who was there. You you said you know people go into these careers, especially in Gainesville, and they stay a long time. Otis Boggs was there forever, um, and then you know you stepped in, and then it was Mick. That's a it's a pretty legendary trio, I'd say, there around the 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 Gainesville area.
4: Otis Otis came in 1940, and, and that is uh, so crazy. And I took over in 1982. And, and then Mick's been there since 1989. Of course, mm-hmm. Gene Deckerhoff just left Florida State, who is, in my opinion, irreplaceable as a voice of the Seminoles. Mm-hmm. One of the great play-by-play announcers on radio all time, in my opinion. Just a, a legend. He's the
1: gentleman but, that um, calls the you know, that's, Bucks that's games pretty games as
4: well, right? Bucks, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's great.
1: Yeah, he definitely is great. David looking ahead you know for this young Orlando magic team for you know n- newer magic fans, younger magic fans what what would you say do they have to be excited for about this team? I mean you have a number one pick coming in you're loaded with talent. What to you is exciting about the future of this magic roster?
4: Oh I think the youth and the energy that we saw this past year um, they nailed the Jamal Mosley hiring. you got to mm-hmm. give Weltman Hammond great credit. Um, Steve Clifford is a great coach he to me he's well and talking I I mentioned earlier my son's a scout uh, in the NBA and you know talking to other NBA people Steve is so highly respected as just one of the top head coaches in the NBA but he was not the right guy for what we're doing right now Um, he he, he was absolutely not and Jamal Mosley is Um, players love him they would run through a wall for him he's patient he's positive he brings tremendous energy, and uh, I, I loved what we saw from the young guys. I mean, I I truly think that you know if we stay healthy, um, Wendell plays pretty you know more of a complete season with Jalen, Franz Wagner. If we can keep these guys healthy, they're going to make uh, huge strides again this year. So the talent is there. It's just the NBA is a man's league. It's not it's not a a, a boys' league. You're not going to win big time in the NBA. One of the few exceptions was the Orlando Magic of 1995. <laughs> and it's, uh, I think I did an is this anything on that this past season, the youngest uh, group to make it to the NBA finals, uh, you know, as with every player, prominent player, 25 and under, um, uh, except for, you know, Horace Grant. But you had the, 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 the primary players were Shaq and Penny, and they were 24 and 23 years old. That's very, very unusual. So you know you got to take your lumps, you got to develop, um, but I think we're on the path to be to be really good, and I think it could flip quickly too. I, I don't think we're talking about a long term rebuild here now that uh, now that we see what Franz is capable of doing, and um, Wendell I think is already one of the top ten centers in the NBA, mm. and I don't know what his ceiling is, but um, but I think he's a potential All Star at that position. I've already talked about Franz and. I think, you know, we're going to find out Jalen's got a lot of talent too. So that's what I would say. I would say that, uh, you know, hang in there and uh, we get a little luck and a little good health and we're going to make some noise. It could could even happen this year. We could make some noise in the East this year, I think.
1: Yeah, I love the answer about Wendell. Definitely, I mean, I hadn't really thought about it. I I mean, nowadays there aren't many, you know, dominant centers, obviously, Embiid, Jokic go bear come to mind but after that it's a short listen until you get to wendell so i i love that point from david Steele. david thank you for taking the time and coming on the show i know the three of us you know luke myself kevin we're really looking forward to this so we appreciate you taking the time and and joining the show uh what are you most forward looking to uh for next season as we wrap this up here
4: well i i can't wait to see who we add first of all i mean that's that's going to be so exciting on draft night um I hope it doesn't leak out because, you yeah. know, the, the energy in the arena will be off the charts um, and yeah. the excitement as to who that pick is. And uh, I do have confidence that our guys will get the right guy. I mean, they're, they're what they're going to do is they're going to interview, they're going to feel really good about that person. And I mentioned it earlier, I didn't go into much detail, but you asked me who I liked of the three. Mm. And I told you, I don't have enough information, really, to make that call. They're all really good players. But they're going to dig deep into who they are as people. They're going to get the right person for the for the personality of the team, the players that are already in the franchise. How do they fit with Wendell? How will they fit with, with Franz? Not just as basketball players, but as human beings. How, how do they fit in the locker room? So, you know, it could come down to that. I mean, if it's a three-way tie mm-hmm. as far as ability and, and, and usefulness on the court, then it might come down to which one is the best fit in the locker room. So I'm really excited about finding out who that guy is, seeing him integrated on this, on this team. And then, you know, again, staying healthy for the most part this season, we're due a a, a lucky streak in that regard. We've had tremendously bad luck in in the last couple of years. So we stay healthy. I can't wait to see what this team can do.
1: David, you made a great point about, you know, the, the pick not getting leaked. Woj always seems to have a leg up on these things and leaks the pick. However, for our listeners, if you are sitting with us at the draft party, do not leak the information. We do not want to hear it until we hear it. Put from your phone Adam away. Silver's mouth. No phones. We want to find out organically. Yeah. Let's. Uh. You know. Unfortunately, technology has ruined some things in life, and that's definitely one of them. <laughs> yes, but, it uh, has. Again, David, thank you so much for taking the time. This was amazing. Uh, you're welcome back anytime. And uh, thanks again.
4: Thank you, Jonathan. Thanks, Luke. Thanks, Kevin.
1: All right, that was our interview with David Steele. Once again, thank you to David for taking the time. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time joining the show. It was great to talk to you. That was a
2: great conversation, Luke. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, like we said at the top, like someone that we wanted to get on the show, he did not disappoint. He he told us after we got done recording, he said, I hope you guys got what you needed. I said, David, "You you delivered not just that, but far more than what we wanted from him. Uh, just incredible guest. obviously love David Steele. He drills it!
1: <laughs> David Steele killed that episode. That was amazing. But thank you again, David, for for joining the show. Um, we'd love to get David on the show uh, again sometime. We'll definitely do that. We try not to bother David during the season because mm-hmm. you know the guy's got a lot going he on. Man? He's calling 82 games. He's traveling He's all over researching. the place. He's researching for Is This Anything? When he gets home, he just wants to hang out with his wife, his dog, his kids, his grandkids. So... Mm-hmm. If we do have David on, it's probably not going to be until next off season, you know, hopefully right. so. But, uh, yeah, one last thing that we want to bring up before we close out the show. Uh, coming up the day of the draft, June 23rd, we will be doing something before the draft party at Amway, probably at Harry Buffalo. We don't have all of the details just yet, uh, but just keep your ears open, keep your eyes open for further details. We're going to try to sit with everyone at the draft party at Amway like we did last year. I think that was section 106. Again, we don't know all the details just yet. Just keep an eye out. Keep your ears open. We are definitely going to be doing something. We want to see you guys at the draft party. We want to hang out before the draft party. So, again, more details to come on that. Luke, anything else before we close out? You you told them to go to the app? Oh, the app. That is right. My man, Mm -hmm. Luke Sylvia. Luke Sylvia, tell the people about the app.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, if you guys go to the Orlando Magic absolutely so if you go to the orlando magic app they will have a section there for draft night for the draft party you can claim your tickets you're not buying because they're free but you want to make sure our producer kevin pointed out something great if there was ever a chance of them you know reaching capacity of what they want for draft night this is the the time that it would happen here with the number one overall pick so you don't want to miss out go there hang out with us at harry buffalo before or wherever we do this i probably shouldn't throw out a name are we doing a harry buffalo Probably, yeah. I like okay, their well, Buffalo
1: not, Shrimp, man. And well, now such we good memories. We got the number one pick there. Sure. How can anybody be mad at Harry Buffalo? Before yeah, right. the so, draft lottery party, people were like, yeah. oh, do we want to go back to Harry Buffalo? We got the fifth
2: pick. Shut your mouth, Harry <laughs> Buffalo came through. Yeah, exactly. It was because we were downstairs and not just upstairs. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah, do that. Hang out with us um, there. We're going to walk over to Amway as a as a team, and we are going to hopefully – get to hear the pick without it being spoiled without any rumors coming out a day two before the draft we want to hang out with you guys sit with y'all it's gonna be a great time go to the orlando match gap and get your uh, reserve your tickets
1: go to the app they will not let you in the door without your tickets so make sure that you get them but thank you guys for luke sylvia this has been jonathan osborne you guys have been listening to the six man show and we will catch you guys next time see ya thanks for listening to the six man show